This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1198 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Uncle Jimmy's. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. The Hit'em crew is joined by Dr. Brian Waldridge for a little chat about wound care. And we'll get right to our tip after this message from Uncle Jimmy's. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring... Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love. The award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls. Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball. The incredible Licky Thing, also in sugar-free. The amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker. And the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious, flavored-filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. And we have Dr. Brian Waldridge on the phone uh, from Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, you can follow him on his Dr. B's Bluegrass Facebook page, and he has many adventures traveling around Lexington, taking care of all horses, famous and, and, and backyard horses, and so we welcome him to the show. Dr. Waldridge, good morning. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me back. Oh my gosh, it's, it's, I couldn't wait to have wait you Wait a back minute, on. cut right there. You're talking about wounds. Dr. Waldridge, no offense, but I'll be back in about 20 minutes. Just let me know when you're done. Somebody can text me. <laughs> uh, I, right. I'm not so good at this stuff, so I'm just saying. Uh, just... Well, right. you know what? The grosser and gorier you can make it, I love it. <laughs> so bring it on. We're going to talk about wounds today. First of all, let's just catch up. How have you been? Oh, been good. Been pretty busy. The weather here has been good for late fall in Kentucky, which has been really nice. So I've uh, been getting to go to the track quite a bit and see a lot of horses, and that's been fun. Been uh, a lot of news out of old friends, a lot of new horses that are pretty exciting. You know, horses uh, heard about, seen on TV that are out there now, like uh, Alphabet Soups there. Uh, Touch Gold arrived yesterday, so and the uh, War Emblem's back from Japan. So it's been really fun to to get to know those horses, those famous horses, and still get to see my friends and uh, out in the field and get to see my old mare every now and then. Now, talk to us a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about wound care today. Why don't you get us started? I think the biggest thing on wound care probably starts with, does it need stitches or not, if you look at a wound? And usually if I'm on the phone with somebody who calls by the horse's cut, is if you think it needs stitches, it probably does. You know, one nice thing now is with uh, everybody having phones is you can get a picture of a wound. And yeah. that's really helped because I've been 
where I've been you know, hours away from a client and they'll send me a picture and I've looked at it and say, oh, okay, well, that one's all right. Let's do something different. But I think that's kind of the first decision you know, when you look at a wound and then how to keep that wound healthy, I think, is a big thing. And you, know, you really can't go wrong with a bandage unless you put it on too tight, which most people don't do. And then trying to keep that wound happy and healthy with a some type of antibiotic ointment and, and really just... You can usually get it from your vet, the pound jar, a triple antibiotic ointment, or a Neosporin-type ointment. You just buy at the drugstore. It's really a nice ointment for that wound because you have to keep it moist and keep those cells happy because the way that wound heals, you know, it fills in and it gets granulation tissue, which is just fibroblasts, which are cells that help to contract the wound. So they, their job is to pull that wound closed. And then the little skin cells on the top, they have to literally crawl across the top of that wound. And and that's how the wound heals. It contracts and then epithelializes. It covers itself back over. And the wound's going to do best in a moist environment because those cells are happier and they can move easier. And also an antibiotic helps to keep down the infection. So I think, you know, the two old principles, bandage it, keep it clean. So now when you say bandage, I, I just remember my mama always saying, don't you bandage that. Don't put a Band-Aid on it because it needs air. Yeah, and I, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. What I often done, especially if it's a wound that may be a little further up on the leg where you don't have to worry about it getting dirt or manure into it, I think it's okay to leave that bandage off for a couple hours. Just nothing else. It kind of lets the circulation come back maybe a little better to that area that's been hurt. But um, you know, I like to put a bandage at least the first couple of days because another thing I think is really important is it's easier to prevent swelling, especially if it's a leg and it's to get rid of it. If the horse gets hurt, may not be swollen yet, then you have a swollen leg the next day, it's harder for that bandage to squeeze that edema back out of the leg. Okay, that was, um, somebody write that down. It's easier to prevent swelling than to get rid of it. Okay, see, that's very important, what you just said. So that needs to be on a, I don't know, a t-shirt. Okay, so, <laughs> when <laughs> you see, that's the kind of stuff you need to put on your show. That was genius. I've never heard that before. Uh, so when we are looking at our horse, it comes in from the pasture and it has a it has a wound. What are some of the first things that we need to look at to assess it to know whether we need to call the vet? Yeah, I think making sure it's clean, you know, because oftentimes it's on a leg and has dirt, and it's really hard to cause any problems to just take a, a hose or some water. Another thing you can do is just keep on hand uh, or ask your vet for a bigger syringe, like a 30cc or a 60cc syringe. And if you put a a 20-gauge needle on there, which they'll have and they can give you two, and, and just squeeze water through that syringe, you, that'll have pretty good pressure, and that'll help you even wash off bacteria with enough pressure to clean up that wound. So you want to clean it up first. Because sometimes they look really bad, and then you clean them up to see, well, get the blood and the, and the dirt off and see the wound isn't that that terrible. So getting them clean, I think, is the first step. Then trying it's to water. decide what structures are, are affected. You know, are there, is it just literally just a skin wound, uh, but not like a Monty Python skin wound, you know, when, <laughs> when their <laughs> legs cut Lost. off. <laughs> so you want to make sure that... Uh, One of the best movies ever made. Is. I'm just going to throw that in there. It's only a flesh wound. <laughs> like, no arms. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was some vet humor. We've used that one before. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Is that required um, watching at vet school, that movie? Because it should be. 
Well, you know, once I used to teach, you know, I taught at Auburn, and, and I decided once you had gotten a generation past the students, which is where I was when I left, they didn't understand any references to movies or, or to music or anything. So uh. and you had to use it in your own. It's this generational joke, which I still think is funny, but you'd say it to the students, and you'd say, it's only a flash friend, and they would just look at you funny, and you just had to walk away. <laughs> Well, we get it. We understand exactly what you're talking about. You know, I'm dealing with the same thing. I have a bunch of 13-year-old girls that I teach riding lessons to, and they all board their horse here, and I'll say things, and they're like, they look at me sideways. I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? Like, that movie's like a couple years old. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I know the feeling. Okay, so back to the wound. We are cleaning it out to see if it's a flesh yes. wound. Yes. So I think we, that's a big thing. The garden hose is fine. Or keep those syringes on hand. And that, that really helps quite a bit to clean those wounds up. So then we've got this wound. It's clean. Well, how do we assess whether we are going to need just to bandage it ourselves or leave it open? Or is there some like thing that you do to kind of, okay, is it this deep? Is it involved this? Um, what, do you, what do you do next? Yeah, I think then you got to see where it is on the animal's body if it's below the knee and below the hock then it's hopefully just going to be skin but back there we have to worry about tendons and joints being open so if it's in a close proximity to the tendons in the back of the leg or definitely if it's over joint then that's more worrisome so it's probably if they're there more in your best interest to call the vet out to take a look because you know if you get a joint infection those can be catastrophic and they won't show up until a few days later the horse won't become lame usually until that joint sealed itself back up and then increased pressure before we let you go let's wrap up this whole uh wound care thing so we get it cleaned off and we decide where it is we can take a picture of it now and we can send it to our vet if you can't you need a younger vet <laughs> because they need to be with the technology to see these things anything else uh in closing that you would like us to know well, you know, proud flesh is the next thing. Once we've got everything under control, is do we need to prevent? There is it an area that's more likely to get proud flesh, and so generally, if it's below the knee or below the hock, where there's really only skin in that area, those are the wounds that are most likely to get proud flesh. So, once that wound kind of begins to heal, we have to watch for proud flesh, which is what we call it as exuberant granulation tissue. That means the blood vessels and the fibroblasts grow higher than the wound than the, the skin margin and once that happens the little cells that crawl across the top those skin cells they can't crawl over that think of it like a mountain they can't crawl over the mountain and so that either needs to be trimmed back or we can use steroids in our wound ointments and steroids help to inhibit that and bandages do to some degree too so if it's below the knee or below the hock you need to watch for brow flesh because it's easier also to head that off than it is to go back and trim that back and then sort of start over, although we'll have a good uh, bed for that wound to heal, but watch for proud flesh in those lower leg wounds. Now, I, last I, th this whole thing with my thoroughbred that got this cut below the knee, one of the things I was concerned about was the proud flesh. And my vet told me a couple different kind of normal household items to use to, to prevent it. So what do you recommend for proud flesh? I usually just take a, um, Furacin ointment, I'll put in some dexamethasone, which is a steroid, and I'll put in some old wound stuff called uh, scarlet oil, the red stuff that people have probably seen. 
and mm-hmm. that'll help. The steroids will help to knock back the the proud flesh, and the scarlet oil helps the epithelialization. You know, so you can use um, a meat tenderizer. Uh, you know, I think that works better when it's pretty small uh, amounts of the proud flesh because it has trypsin and things like that that actually our bodies produce to help digest protein. So that's how that works. Um, so that's probably the only other one I've ever used household remedy wise, or you can just trim it off the scalpel blade and then start over with a, with a wound ointment. We appreciate you coming on and giving your, your expertise and we hope to talk to you again real soon. Well, there you have it. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. This podcast has been made possible through the generous support of Uncle Jimmy's and listeners like you. Learn how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditors-only perks at horsetipdaily.com. Click on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. This is Coach Jen, and I'll be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.